All right, are we in? Yes. Hello, welcome everybody to episode 17 of I Understood That Reference. Hello there. Rob, how are you, buddy? How you been? I, I've, I'm doing great, buddy. Uh, it's, it's rainy outside, but it's sunny indoors. Uh, watch the rugby today. We're off to a, a great start. So positives amongst the precipitation, you could say. I thought that was really good. Um, I thought you were going to say it. <laughs> it was. I was like, where? I don't know how he's going to end this. I'd never know where I'm going with it, to be clear. I just, it, it's very loosey-goosey. I just freewheel it. I have a general end goal. Sorry, not even. I have a general starting point, And then that's why we have to add a lot of this stuff out. <laughs> and surely you mean uh, an end try line. Yes, very good. End goal, I guess, is a different sport. There you go. Oh my God, I'm so excited about today's episode because there's so many fun things we're going to do one in particular which i'm holding in my hand right now but that sounds so weird and we'll get back to that oh, later my god <laughs> i didn't think i didn't think all right good lord oh it wouldn't be like you to uh make a strange comment and just leave the audience hanging to think before i speak <laughs> yeah yeah so rob any crap with you any news y'all good y'all y'all happy y'all ready for another another great show oh, look at looking forward to the show um, I, I, nervous by some of the news segments. You've you've teased some ideas to me throughout the week, and it's it's left me with a, a lump in my throat. I'm I'm, I'm wondering where this is going to go. But I, I'll wait with interest. I've got some fun news bits, but I do don't do not think they will compare it to the things you've got planned today. I sincerely doubt that. I also have a lump of my throat, but that's probably more from the alcohol I consumed yesterday. Yeah, than yeah the nervousness. Yeah. I am I'm feeling about all this show. all that gulping. <laughs> That, listen, that's genuinely what it was. I was at a beer festival in Inchicore for Rascals, and there's lots of beer. Um, very expensive, but it was beer, and it was all it was all good. Right? Okay, let's jump into the show. I guess that's enough from us and our lives. Uh, yeah, that's very specific. Why people don't listen in? Let's move into our world famous segment, Mister Ross. It is in fact Ross. Ross fact. Rob fact. Right. So, Rob, was your fact from last week? true or was it false so the rob fact from last week if those of you who recall i'll give you a reminder right now just just so you're up to speed um jeff goldman used to be the voice for the captain crunch cereal commercials <sighs> chew on that one for a second Ooh. quite literally uh no that's that's false that's a big fat lie <laughs> chew on that one for a second no it's false <laughs> not literally don't chew on it that's that's yeah no that that, that that's not true Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. He did do a lot of voiceover work for Apple back in the day. So he has been used. He's got a very distinct sound. And that kind of sort of eccentric sort of personality, I think, would work well. Uh, particularly for Apple when they were bringing out those bloody blue desktop Macs that just looked uh, kind of almost like a, like a gummy bear or something. They're strange looking. So, again, that was led to deceive. But... It was false, so that means, Ross, your one is in fact true. Yes, it is indeed true. And my one was that Quentin Tarantino, who has a renowned foot fetish, had over 30 <laughs> shots of feet in the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He, in fact, had, I think it's something like 36 or over 36 shots of just feet. It's a really unusual film because of that. It's like blatant. It's like all his films have like weird foot things in them but this one really like takes the absolute cake like it's just some scenes are just basically feet it's very strange very strange i think um these two facts in this segment is a perfect microcosm of how both you and i operate 
in terms of all right, all right, what we look for. <laughs> I'll be the Jeff Goldman of the podcast. You could be the uh, QT. Oh, geez. Okay, right. Lovely. Wonderful. <laughs> It'll be quite a feat, you could say. Oh, God. <laughs> Outrageous. Yeah, that's what we meant by that, by the way. That purely that we joke like those guys. Anyway, let's yeah, move yeah, on yeah. to our next game. The next game. It is the course, uh, another very famous segment, um, Hard to Top. It is the great reference game. Now, Ross, do you want to do your little, your little echoing segment? Because I'm just not nearly as good at it as you are. It's time for... The go. Great Reference Game. Sound like you were falling down a cavern. I actually can't, yeah. I'm, e- I'm even looking <laughs> at my, the levels on my screen here and I'm like, that's that doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. It doesn't sound as bad as I think that's going to sound. I think <laughs> the gulping has had an impact on your echoing ability. Uh, clearly. Yeah. But listen, um, I'm up this week to deliver the reference to yourself. Um, are you prepared? Are you excited? Are you in, in, anticipating good, bad things? How are you feeling? Um, I don't know. All the all the talk of anticipation and things today is making me a little bit a little bit nervous. But I guess it'll be fine. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> My raspy right. voice as well is just making yeah. us, you know. Well, just... it, it it adds another layer to the whole situation. I think <sighs> the raspiness, <sighs> Rasputin, they call you. Okay, so the reference this week. Here we go. I'll give this little cookie an hour before we're doing the no pants dance. I'll give this little cookie an hour before we're doing the no pants dance. Mm. All right, I will ruminate over it. I'm not quite as uh, positive as I was last time with the John Wick one, but okay, uh, I'll let it. I'll let it settle. <laughs> when you when you got it at once, <laughs> I mean that's a dream start. That is a dream start, to be honest. The only risk about knowing it straight away is that well, this is certainly something I would do. I would just forget to. I like oh, well, I got it in my head, and then I forget to bring it up. Or the, the rest remain, of the show the is, hour. <laughs> is awful because I'm just primed, no matter what you say, to just shout out, I understood that reference, as opposed to contributing anything good. <laughs> well, listen, hopefully that one has as a bit of a thinker. Uh, I think um, a lot of listeners actually will probably definitely recognize that. But will you pinpoint the film from whence it came? God, this is, oh God, I am, I am stressed now. Right, mm. with that stress, I guess we'll just jump straight on to... The news of the day slash week slash month slash however long it was since we last did an episode. The news. The news. The news. All right. Do you want to kick us off? Um, I guess so, yes. So we were talking uh, before about maybe talking a bit more about games on the podcast. Yes. And just kind of, you know, TGS was recently Tokyo Game Show and a few other kind of events. And one of the big games that came out of that, and I think you probably have a good bit to say about this, is Hideo Kojima's new game, Debt Stranding. Rebuilding America isn't going to get rid of the BTs. As long as they're still around, there's no escaping it. But at least we'll have hope. Yeah. Yeah. You told me something about this during the week, which knocked my socks off, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, So, yeah. So, for those of you who are unaware, Hideo Kojima is considered uh, like a, a gaming legend in the sort of games development sphere uh, behind the Metal Gear Solid series but um, work for Konami uh, they had a falling out after Metal Gear Solid 5 so he departed ways and started up his own company uh, and this is the first game that, that they're producing Death Stranding uh, it's, not, it's, it's almost like if Metal Gear Solid and under Konami he was kind of reined in this is just full 
unadulterated Kojima just making a game that you really don't know what it is, but it's everything he wants there to be in it, and obviously it's in there. It's it's very strange. I don't know what it is other than uh, Norman Reedus is in it, and he looks like himself in it, not just doing a voice, like it's all this motion capture thing. A lot of uh, buzz around it lately because they finally released um, uh, more gameplay trailers and also just some cinematics so you actually have a sense of a story. Up until literally the last month, like footage of this has been released and nobody has a, had a clue what this game was about. It was very unsettling and um, mystical and sort of like all this alter-dimensional sort of aside to it. Um, but I think, Ross, to just quickly jump to the point that you uh, remember from... So, <laughs> I this is... To totally undercut the point you just made, the, the very informative point you just made. But no, I like, listen, I, people are going to be interested by this regardless, but there's additions in here that are definitely strange. Um, so much so that I watched a gameplay <clears throat> trailer maybe a week or two ago, and um, after uh, a night sleeping uh, sort of outside in the wilderness, uh, Norman Reedus' character uh, gets up, and there's an indicator that shows that uh, he needs to empty the tank, he needs to go for a wee, and you have to physically control the character to a point and activate him pissing in the game, uh, and you have to wait as this meter goes down. It's It's almost like this kind of newton's law kind of situation where the 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 energy he exerts he gains from something else so by getting rid of all your 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 we uh you're you're then recharged in the game you're to a certain extent you're recharged <laughs> oh my god my levels just skyrocketed there that's okay i'll take it yeah but um it's a strange one i don't know what's going on in there what, what do you, have you got a chance to look up much about this it, it's a bleeding Scott Pilgrim joke, that P-Bar. It was in Scott Pilgrim vs. Yeah. the World as a throwaway joke, and now it's an actual game mechanic, which has to say something. I did have a look at it, yeah. I was looking at some of the gameplay trailers and actually thinking of you when I was watching it, not in a, not a weird way. <laughs> well, not in a t- too weird way, anyway. No, but there is... You were talking about No Man's Sky before and about how, like, inventory management and stuff like that, and there's a point where it becomes, you know, not fun, and it just becomes an impediment to you enjoying the game. Yeah. Well, the gameplay footage I watched of this looks like that times a thousand. Because before <laughs> you go on missions, you have to like load out your backpack. And not only do you have to load out your backpack, but you have to make sure it's balanced the right way and the weight's okay. And then as you control the character in game, you have to move your arms to keep your balance. So you're you're constantly fidgeting with the with the R one and L one buttons to, to to keep yourself balanced. And it just seems a little laborious is how I'm going to describe it. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, have they gone too far with the realism? Or like, there's so much messing around to keep some, like, they're, they're going for this hyper-realistic experience where, you know, any slip on a piece of dirt, you know, I, I know there's a lot of footage of him say, him climbing up a bank. Uh, with, you know, he's a delivery man, essentially, I think, in this. Whatever. I'm not yes, sure what he's, yeah. he delivers a variety of things, but he kind of just treks for miles and miles in this kind of, it strikes me as kind of post-apocalyptic in sections. Um, but, like if you're trying to balance yourself while climbing up a hill, then it becomes, I guess, like it's supposed to be like this challenge that even something as simple as hiking is supposed to be like a, almost like a puzzle in the game where you're trying to maintain balance. But that's probably overkill, where it's just going to frustrate people to boredom. Like you're what? going to be doing doing that to a level of tedium that isn't really ideal for video games. Yeah, that's and I'm going to be honest. That's what I felt when I was watching it. Along with that, and you've kind of already covered it. I definitely the Hideo Kojima wackiness is just in full display. Yeah, he loves like uh, American movies and that. So characters are called Die Hard, Die Hard Man and things like this. And you're like, come on, guys, that's 
I know, I understand. He loves the medium. He's trying to show that, but it's a little bit too uh, on, on the nose. nose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even like some of the characters are just, they're actors, again, using motion capture and stuff to just look like the actors. So it's a little bit jarring and you're looking at Gilmero del, del Toro as a character. Matt Mads Mikkelsen's in there, yeah. And like, it's just a bit, it's a bit strange. It's a bit, well, why bother? Like, if you want to make a film, make a film. If you want to make a game, make a game. And But then, I mean, I mean, Metal Gear Solid. Have Have you much? Have you played many Metal Gear Solid games? Do you have much of a history with them? Um, so like the, the two in particular would been the one I was most familiar with for years. Um, three kind of bypassed me. I played a bit of four when my neighbor had it. That kind of thing. Played good chunks of five because it was a free game uh, on PlayStation Plus like last year. Mm. But that game is so intimidatingly massive and it requires patience. I've kind of I've less capacity for those kinds of games these days. So I just kind of gave up on it. it's that one was very creative though because you could have a lot of fun with the mechanics in there like quite realistic and also then but they added a, a sense of wackiness to it as well that was great but this that, that stranding though by comparison i think has gone a stretch too far and it's now less fun and wacky and more just stupid shit <laughs> what a great what a great way to describe it it's not less fun and wacky more stupid shit and yeah, yeah I, I have to say, every gameplay video or video that comes out of this, I actually lose interest. Which is exactly. The, yeah. the more we learn, the less we like. It's it's preposterous. Like I, the um, the initial teaser gameplay stuff they did was amazing because it was incredibly tense and scary. And you know the way they've got this little pulsing crosshair thing on their shoulder that kind of indicates when there's like a being in another dimension walking by yeah. them. So that this, that's a that's a really fun mechanic by the looks but, of things. Because but. Just to but. ruin that for you now, that like is a little thing that can actually feel emotion and get scared and everything. And you also have to balance that. So you have to like reassure it and pet it or something like this as well. So that's another. Oh, like, yeah, I know. Right. God. The, the untapped craziness of it all is just being like let loose, you know? Mm. Yeah, I don't think I, I really don't think I'll end up buying this one. I think it's a bit too alternative uh, heavy on the, the Kojima side of things for me. Yeah, and like, and as I I like a good few of the Metal Gear Solid games, but I always hated the more Kojima bits. Like, I always hated the kind of weird, sexualized element to it, and it's a really strange manner. And I think this is going to be kind of like that as well. I, it reminds me of the, the the Dan Harmon Justin Ryland dynamic on Rick and Morty. That Dan Harmon kind of keeps Justin Ryland in check just enough because he's obviously yeah. a very good story-wise jump to community. Whereas when Justin Ryland goes off on his own, I mean, some of his stuff is absolutely, like, lunatic stuff, like... Oh, my God. Like, the, the, the YouTube shorts that kind of were the oh predecessor to Rick and Morty are downright disturbing. And a little bit funny, I won't lie to you. <laughs> oh, no, oh, listen, there's some absolutely hilarious bits, but then there's some parts you're like, is the FBI going to come to my house because I've watched this video? Yeah, Am exactly. Am I now on a watch list? <laughs> That and all the other videos I watch. Um, but that's aside the point. Uh, do you have anything else then about Death Stranding? Or shall we shall we chuck on? No, we can, No, but I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought, started us off with the uh, video game side of things. Because I do have something in that regard. Um, so we had, you know, the suit series that we are. Oh, this is probably, this is this is pretty straightforward. We could, anyone could have guessed this. But, you know. But we also guessed it, I hope. I hope. Yeah, I we guessed it, it is in, yet, so. We guessed it in unison with the rest of the industry, I think. But, we'll um, take it. Oh, that's a quick win. Get that low-hanging fruit. That's what I always say. Um, sweet, sweet plums. <laughs> sweet, this sweet, is... low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we talked about during E3 and all of these Gamescom um, press conferences that uh, Sony featured very little. 
Um, and anywhere, and anywhere there did, it was just a general release game that also happens to be released on the PS4. You know, not a peep out of them. Like Microsoft announced uh, a new console. Um, like Nintendo had a slew of games announced. This kind of stuff. Sony were you know quite as a little little mouse, little yeah. computer, a mouse little Sony mouse, oh, a little Sony computer mouse. Yours, yours is better. I'll edit mine out. Yours is better. <laughs> <laughs> But um, they've they announced that the PlayStation State of Play will be taking place on September twenty fourth, so literally this week coming. Um, and the reason that's interesting is because this is the standalone Sony event. Yeah. So that means anything they release is specific to them. Um, and the big upcoming highlight, certainly for me anyway, as a fan, is the Last of Us Part Two. We're going to get a lot more detail uh, on that. Probably gameplay stuff, some more story, uh, cinematics, that kind of thing. To you know, just to wet our whistle with. Which is oh, great because oh, I'm so glad you said that. That's, oh, foresh- that's foreshadowing right there. Of foreshadowing for our ne- for our segment later on. Put it away. Put it away. <laughs> Put that back down. But <clears throat> basically, that's coming. But obviously, you and I speculated that if there was to be a standalone Sony press event before the end of the year, they would announce a PS5 presumably. So I expect that to come. But what are your thoughts on a potential PS5 announcement, The Last of Us, any other upcoming Sony games you think that might be coming down the tracks? I reckon, well, God of War 2, presumably, will also be uh, be announced because that's another one they have on their belt. But the fact that they've already said that they're going to be displaying The Last of Us 2 at this event mm. means, you know what, they've got something big under their belt, bigger than The Last of Us 2 that people are already clambering for. So the PS5 seems the right area to think about you know it's just a big enough thing that would blow anything else out of the water oh yeah absolutely and like microsoft have announced like they're pretty much you know play for play if you'll forgive that that wording that like they always have releases of new consoles pretty much around the same time like for god's sake the ps4 and the xbox one were within a month of each other by the time they were released and the ps4 was laughing at the xbox one because the, the xbox one had that whole thing about you know you need to be always online and you know you have to be signed in and yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, they so they. It's funny because they they retracted all that. They never oh, none of that actually. It, but it just it really uh, stagnated the launch. So Sony have just Sony won that console war. Like they like I I think Xbox have still sold like forty million or something Xboxes, but PlayStation is more than double that now, and they released at the same time. So that's a pretty hefty loss. In, in, oh, I thought I mean like Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft are basically but, out of it, out of race altogether. But here here's the. Yeah, well, just to quickly wrap that one up, I think it's interesting that, you know, Microsoft have committed, yeah, this is another physical, tangible console that we're working on. I'm wondering, is the Sony one going to be more on the streaming side of things? Like, what, you know, at what point is it just all online and you don't need to purchase a physical console? We might be there yet for the PS5, but I'm wondering, is there going to be an element of that? I severely hope not. Sincerely, even. Also severely, I guess. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what happened there. But yeah, I, I really hope not because even, say, uh, Electronic Arts are now, they have that uh, EA Access, isn't it? It's like an always streaming video game service as well. I just, I really it's hope it doesn't go that way, you know, because we're losing. Yeah. Oh, this is great because I can bring in the next thing I want to talk about here because I was actually going to open this discussion again about video games and what we expect or what we've come to accept as, as consumers. Like, I had a discussion the other day with somebody about ownership and what you own. So, like, when you buy a video game online, you know, like, you don't own anything physical about it. And if your console goes or if they decide to pull while the game's longer available, like, you've just lost that purchase, you know? You don't own it. And I I really hope that not all the gaming services are going to go this way. Look, realistically, 
they probably will. There's a million TV show services now at this point. Video games are probably going to follow suit. But what I am going to segue into here, and another thing which is probably going to be shown um, at the Sony event, because they have really been pushing this, is um, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm. I Final Fantasy VII is still my favourite game of all time. I definitely think, because obviously it made the PlayStation what it was at the time, so I really think Sony are going to lean heavily into this. I think it's going to be a big tentpole thing uh, at the, the Sony event. It's already been shown at TGS, so people already know what it is, but I, there's obviously going to be a lot more footage to come, so I do think it's going to be one of the big main main attractions at the Sony event. But how much of that game did you play, or did you ever play Final Fantasy VII? Never got into those... Uh, JRPGs, that kind of thing. I have played some of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, like a lot of my introduction to sort of video games when I was younger was just through my older cousins, and mm. they were they did have uh, seven uh, on the PS One, um, and were huge fans of it, adoring fans. So I I I remember I playing a little bit of it, not not exactly getting it, but I did like the sense of scale in it, and you know you're exploring this massive world, and you know there's a lot of Oh, you got to go do this thing, but I got to go back to the place that I was, and it's it gives you it's not it doesn't feel linear. I remember that being my first experience of like, wow, this is a very open world kind of experience that we're going around here. Um, if you can, ex- if yeah, well, excluding GTA Two, if that counts as open world, but that was top down strange. GTA Two, oh my god, yeah, that do you remember was that? I do. When it went like, I'm not going to say 3D, but in the original, everything was sprites, weren't they? And then this one, they're polygons, as if my recollection is correct. GTA 2 was that bird's eye view approach. So yeah. it's almost like it's almost like looking down on like a Pac-Man sort of city, the way it was all laid out. Yeah, yeah. So that was GTA 1 was the same. But I think I think GTA 1 just used sprites. Now, I could be wrong about that. But that's we'll, have to get, we'll, have, you know, we'll have to do some Ross fact, Rob fact, fact checking on that one. Yeah, yeah. Or any kind of research. <laughs> yeah, which we're... Pretty poor at to begin with. Um, no, I mean, I, I again, this is I, I've less time for very involved games. Like you can pump hundreds of hours into Final Fantasy games, so this just by that logic is intimidating to me. Perfect. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, and this is why I wanted to. I wanted to link the conversation between Final Fantasy. That's and a different franchise. Oh, you're going for a Zelda joke there. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I understood that reference, not about the actual reference, just about what you just said there. Zelda. Um, I love uh, Final Fantasy VII, absolutely love it. It's the, the the graphics and all that and the gameplay look very good in the new one. It's not turn-based mm. like the original, it's more action-packed, but looks really good. Vice acting looks great, but again, my problem, is, and people seem to be okay with this, um, is that it's clearly only going to be the first like nine to ten hours of the original game. So basically, and in the original game, what happens is that you're in a city called Midgar. All the characters, Cloud and Barrett and Tifa and Aerith, they all leave that city, and that's when the kind of open world stuff comes into it. And really, where the game begins. Now, the problem is in the remake, it's once you leave Midgar. I'm calling this now. This is my another prediction from Ross, is that that's when this game is going to end, and either through DLC or through various sequels, then the the rest of the original game will then be doled out that way and this is what i want to ask you rob again about like please ask me i'm sitting here waiting to be asked what do you think of that like do you are you okay are you okay to be like well there's going to be more in this game and there's like more vice acting obviously it's bigger because it's you know 3d and modern yada yada are you okay with only getting what is essentially a portion of the original game and the rest as sequels but there's more in it you know 
Well, uh, first off, um, great question. Uh, thank you for that. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, great work. I only asked um, the question to hear your positive affirmation there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you got there. We can leave it. We can literally hang up the phone right now. Yeah, I was about to, let's move on. Anyway, <laughs> you, you got the affirmation you wanted for the day. You got your fill for the day and you're yeah. off. This does not bode well for what I want to do later. Yeah. But anyway, go on. <laughs> but I think what's what's interesting is like, what was the cha- challenge here? Was there a technical challenge where they couldn't, like, is the, the original too vast to completely rebuild in you know the AAA level and de- of detail that work that we expect from those games today, I I would argue that's probably not a great excuse because they they continue to release Final Fantasy games that are massive in scope. Right. But if you're they, trying yes. to rebuild this one, that's a remake from the ground from the ground up, but mirrored exactly on the other one. Is that is that too too much of a task? Um, I might be giving the benefit of the doubt here. I feel like that is a factor. I still don't think it's an excuse for only releasing like ten hours of the game or whatever. Like they have, to, it should be, if if it's a fi- if it's Final Fantasy VII remade or remake, whatever they're calling it, it should be the vast majority of the original game. Right, that, like right, shouldn't it? And like to kind of counter your point, I would say they've had most of the work done for them. They have all the character designs. They have all the story. They have all this already done. So essentially, they just have the game design to do, you know? To rebuild, yeah. They've almost got a leg up from other Final Fantasies. Yeah, I just don't like the fact, as consumers, we've come to accept it's fine to get a portion of a game. I know it's going to be bigger. I know there's going to be more in it. It's on two discs. It might be huge. And maybe I'm going to be proven wrong. It is the full game or whatever. But I'm almost positive it's not going to be. And I just think it's weird that... We accept that now. That's okay. I'm now going to buy a sequel, which is the next part of a game that I actually got the totality of many years ago. I know obviously the graphics, the gameplay, etc. weren't aren't going to be as mind blowing, but you know, I don't know. It just seems a little off to me. All right. Well, let me ask this: Would you be okay? Yeah, with... I get to ask the questions and get affirmation. Not All you. right. Fine. I'll shut up. I'm sorry. Oh my god. God. Go I'm for just it. Sit, I just literally just going to sit in silence here. Do you think that here's the trade off? If like, if they're to do right by fans, really what they should do is, fair enough, we don't have much of the game, we don't have the full game finished yet, but look, here's the first 20 hours, tear through that, and we will sort of cyclically release via DLC, you know, the rest of the the, the, the areas and parts of the map, but you just get them as part of the game. I know that's high and likely, Naughty Dog do it, when you buy the game, you like as they release DLC stuff, you just get it. You ready? If you buy anything... Typically, it's just cosmetic stuff, you know, like you know, stuff that doesn't impact the actual gameplay. Um, so that's an approach they could take if they wanted to do right by all the fans who have such high expectations of what they're doing. So, like, that could be an option. That, and if they did that, I would, I would be absolutely fine with that. And it's amazing the way you use the example of uh, Naughty Dog there, because even uh, I'm not going to use Naughty Dog, but the example I'm thinking of again to say No Man's Sky, I know it has issues and it had humongous issues on release but every update they've given since has been absolutely free and they have completely changed what that game was on release as to what it is now i mean they've even they've even implemented a whole virtual reality like the whole game is playable in virtual reality and when you think about the amount of work that must have gone into that and they've done it all for free surely that sets an example that other companies can do the same mm. Right, I guess yeah. It it it, it it's your cost versus reward kind of situation there, because that 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 team behind No Man's Sky is it's a it's a tiny crew of people led by yeah. an Irish fella actually. So is he you know, Irish? I guess, led by an Irish person? Yeah, Sean, Sean Harris or something. Yeah, 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 he's he's they're behind those ang- those uh, 
Crazy Joe games. It's like a stuntman game. That was where they started. Very humble beginnings. Small crew of people. And then they, you know, they tried to make this procedural thing work. So like, I think, I think the task was too much for that team initially. But you know, as a small team, they've been just kind of churning away in the background, and now they've made it what it is. So they can also afford to do that because the the game still sold sold millions. I know they're not returns, but it still sold millions. It was back in the top twenty charts there uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Pure and that's the latest update. Yeah, and if you have a small crew of developers versus a huge team that probably are behind the likes of Final Fantasy VII, yeah, you can you get more mileage out of that revenue to like release update and also they audit people that was such a trashy release for that no man's sky it was awful it was absolutely awful like i've played it we gave it two hours or we like we we both bought it i got for like a fiver and i played it and even then i thought this is a waste of a fiver (laughs) good god so i the the vr patch has obviously come out since for that game and another an update to the vr patch has even come out which even makes the graphics better again in vr even less blurry so Mm. i'm actually i think look the VR, I'm. I would play it for hours. I have played it for hours. I do not understand how anybody plays it on two in two D mode. I just don't. It just it doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. But the fact that you feel like you're in the game is what, like, it adds so much to it, you know. And it makes all that other stuff that I don't enjoy mm. palatable. <laughs> much like my regular day today, just finding one thing to make what I'm normally doing palatable. What's interesting, I think, is that that's a rare case of. VR actually being the savior there for a game rather than it just being this tacky add-on. Yeah, like a five-minute mode in the corner, like 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 yeah. you Ace Combat Seven. I'm looking right at you in the corner there, buddy. <laughs> Ace Combat Seven, what, tiny percentage in VR from what I remember. Oh, oh, a minuscule percentage. But anyway, back to Final Fantasy Seven. Um, I don't know. What do you th- like? So you're on the kind of same side as I am. You would obviously prefer if it was the full game well that's because that's what you got to do if you're going to remake a game imagine imagine they're remaking a film they're like lads we're going to remake this but you only get 20 minutes of it though i know right right it doesn't it doesn't work that way you can't tease people and say we're remaking final fantasy 7 it's going to be epic and then they don't they literally only give you the first few hours it's like a demo (laughs) Uh, yeah that's that's cheating that's absolutely cheating and it's a shame because I love I love I love Final Fantasy 7 and I really want to support it and I want to be okay with it but even looking at right, that, Robert, right now it is not okay <laughs> but it's not okay and there's even the whole if you pre-order you get like a steel bookcase with an art book and a seat and again there's like six different versions you can get and it's like, I don't care about that just give me the whole game don't make me buy you know don't obviously they're going to tack on more characters and extra bits and all that but you're like that's not important to me you know I'd rather just get the full game rather than have this thing spread out over the next 10 years over an experience I've already have like I know what's going to happen you know so there's, mm. there's a whole I know there's a whole new audience there but obviously the majority of people who buy this are going to be people who've played the original so it's just like they're, they're you're almost paying like 16 different times for an experience you've already had yeah I think we've been it clear that we're not content with where it's going right now <laughs> yeah. at the same time I was like although essentially isn't being drunk the same thing paying over and over again for the experience you've already had but being drunk is different because being drunk is awesome anyway rob well, any news any news you want to you want to touch on i'm sure um uh, so let's if we took if we touch briefly on my favorite one of my favorite topics the numbers uh if we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna bring us back to our our normal hunting ground which is uh movies oh, so I feel, sa- I feel safe now yeah you're back and speaking of hunting uh rambo last blood was released met with very negative reviews if you can believe it yeah shocking what a surprise yeah. <laughs> um actually funny thing about that series i didn't realize that uh 
that the third one, Rambo 3, was at the time the most expensive film ever made. Did you know that? I, man, yet again, you've unceremoniously ruined a great Rob fact that you could have had. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day uh, you'll get it right. I was, one day... Into the, I was digging into the numbers to see how much it made over the weekend, which isn't much, like $7 million, and it probably wasn't that cheap. But I was like, I wonder how much the other ones cost. Uh, I guess in the eighties, sixty million to spend on Rambo three was a lot of money at the time. So is 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 Rambo three the? Uh, I'll just say the controversial one. Uh, but Rambo sides with the, uh, you know, the Taliban. Uh, there's so he's up in like bloody Tibet. He's you know with with like the the, the tribes people of, of like or is it like Mongolia or something? That's pretty. He's the problem with these like they've progressed very poorly. <laughs> To say the least, because the first one is great because it's it's like it's this guy on on the run and it's um it feels like a thriller like he's being hunted he's always just about evading capture yeah. he's not looking to kill anyone a he's just PTSD. trying to escape yeah just severe PTSD trying to readjust and and settle back into a community I think I after. heard him actually go by your house there yeah the yeah that's him on the bike there and he just went Rambo Adrian. I mean, that's rocky, but uh, look, I get what you're saying. It's still sl- Slice Alone, like, mumbling <laughs> his way through a sentence. Um, so it starts there. Then they realized, even though that was just, you know, like, th- that was just the first one that kind of set it up. That was a huge success. The second one was a huge success. People thought it was pretty decent. Then the third one is the one where he's just ripping through people at a preposterous level. And it's just, like, bonkers action. He's an, he's a one-man army. Doesn't have the vulnerability or the, or the, the you know, the, the, the risk that he carries when it's just him being chased in the first one. And now, like by Rambo Last Blood, it's it's basically just Home Alone, but the adult version. Home Alone, but the adult version. <laughs> like that's, that's what we've, that's the, they're the kind of movies that we've gotten to. He's gone for a flooding bargain, bargain basement action movie that he knows he can make a bit of coin off. Sure enough, people hate it. Is it they break into his house and he's like, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals! Like, <laughs> chicken or whatever, and, and hot shots like <laughs> chicken. There's a kill counter in the corner, but it breaks it up by the by the trap kills. So like you know, how many men he's killed with, like say, a tin of paint? Yeah, or, or like marbles or, or Christmas people, decorations. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the end of it, like a PSA. It's like be careful this Christmas. Jesus. Yeah. So uh, we don't need to dwell on Rambo because it's terrible. But also was released in tandem with like Downton Abbey, the movie. Who wanted that? And oh, Ad Astra. So three of them are kind of tit for tat across the weekend, not making a whole pile of money. Um, it did very well though. Uh, last week, I think it it was it two did. weeks. It did. It did indeed. Yeah, I think it's it's approaching like that four hundred million mark, which is obviously fantastic for a horror movie. And they're really good. The the horror ones they can just make them on a lower budget. I, like they have that just down to a fine art. You don't typically need a big cast, even though this one it, it too has an incredible cast. But you know. The- it's like low light lighting suits, so you don't have to worry about lighting because <laughs> it's a horror movie, and it's like it's like the less you see, the scarier it is. So you have to do less stuff. I don't know what it is, but they make them for cheap, and then people just go to see these in throngs. I will say though, I know you haven't seen it too yet. I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but that film is two hours and forty five minutes long, and this oh needs God. to stop. I mean, no <laughs> horror film should be two hours and forty five minutes long. I am sorry, and not even for a. Oh, I'm burnt out and scares or whatever. But you just you you your the sense of suspense and terror and whatever just can't be sustained for that long. No. You know? So by the end, honestly, you I was I was yeah. Anyway, so 
Anything else then with the old box office figures? Anything that was surprising? No, just I think uh, Spider-Man Far From Home crept past Captain Marvel um, in the global box office by about 300 grand, which is hilarious. That it, that's, Spider-Man is just just still just chugging away. Swinging away, one might say. Yeah, dead right. He's bloody zipping and zapping around the place. And they're like... The top ten is still obviously dominated by Disney. The Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw one is almost it's like seven hundred and fifty million. So it's it's done its job for you know a spin off. That's an awful lot of money to make. Um, but you know Fast and Furious really sells now. And come on, it's a nonsense film. <laughs> but like it's that it's that nonsense action that has informed decisions like Rambo: Last Blood. I'm not. It's just ridiculous I'm, but, I'm very sour that he made that film i don't know why i care but i really i'll tell you why because because they already went for like a you know rambo's last outing with the one a few years ago that just went so far under the radar obviously they're like just do it again and nobody will notice we already made this film a few years ago yeah but here's my fear they made first blood and then they made first blood part two i hope they don't make last blood and then do rambo last, last blood, blood part two, part two. <laughs> <laughs> home alone <laughs> Yes, he is a loner. Absolutely, he imagine, is. Imagine Rambo, Last Blood, Part 2 next year. Imagine three hours, two hours and 55 minutes. That's what it would be. Oh, <laughs> the the, the tear-jerking goodbye to the Rambo franchise that we all needed, you know? Oh, God, I could see it happening. At this rate, I could see it happening. But on the movie side, what have you got cooking? What, what have you got interesting that you'd like to chat about? Right, I mean, we have to talk about this. I think it's huge. I'm, again, very interested to hear your opinions on this. Especially okay. because, uh, yeah. Can't so. wait for the question. Let's you go. know what it's going to be. Did you hear about the Black Widow prequel and who they just announced for it? Uh, remind me. Robert and Downey Jr. will reprise oh, his yeah. role as Tony Stark. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about it. You know that yeah, you're right? talking on something. That, right? No, no, yeah. that's how I feel about this decision. Thank you. Okay, grand. I, I'm going to elaborate in a little and then I'm going to let you elaborate. Go for it, please. Fire away. They've, I mean... It's, I think it's been everybody's pretty much in unison on this, so it's an interesting one. But they've essentially just cheated all of the emotion we got in the last film. You know, there was even a headline Precisely. somewhere that literally said the word "cheated." But it uh, it just feels like they've cheapened what happened in the in the last film. Uh-huh. Um, it's too soon, for God's sake! Like it's it's there was just Spider Man in between, and then he, these Iron Man's already back. Uh, it's preposterous like come on lads like I mean let it I know they can't let it settle too long because Robert Downey Jr. will get older but like just move on let him be gone it's okay you know I'm uh, yeah, setting this after set after Captain America's Civil War it's like it's only a prequel in a little bit and obviously it's going to be when the other Avengers are away or whatever but like ah oh, come on you know they just died the two of them just died don't don't ruin it now by having them back already yeah, I, I don't like... I, it, and this is annoying. And because they're doing this for two reasons, I feel. One, Mr. Robert Benjamin Jr. and Mr. Franklin. That's what the reasons are. Yeah, well, like... Fucking... <laughs> uh, RDJ, as they call him, he sells tickets, right? So he's a huge draw because he's so popular. So they're cheating. They're using him as a bump, I'd say, box office-wise. Like, that's a that strikes me initially, certainly first and foremost, as a very... Um, greedy commercial grab, cynical move is what yeah, I'd say. Like, like they're just like, no, we we need we want to get more money out of this. I, I, Sarah Johansson absolutely has a star power to, to sell the movie by herself, and it doesn't have to be big. I don't want it to be a big bombastic, expensive film. I want it to be no, not at all. I want it to be. I want it to be personal. Day of the Jackal, 
Three Days of the Condor. I want a gritty spy thriller where she's out on her own. It's her again, and Winter Soldier crops up. That, that those kind of supporting cast members who are still alive as well in the MCU. Great. Bring it back the guy who had, like, they really saved that character for me by giving him that ending. I thought it was incredible. And now they're like, well, let's just bring him back. And two movies later, he's back. Two movies later, it's not even enough time to like ruminate on his loss, and he's already back. And like this again, it just opens that door. Then like, you know, the whole no one's ever really gone thing. Oh great, somebody can come back. He can come back. We'll set a prequel here. We'll have a prequel here. Don't do any of that. Just like I said before, just have this film be. Scarlett Johansson at the very start of the film is talking to Bucky about their past and they each have a thing like, oh, don't you remember? And then the prequel kicks off about what happened or blah, 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 the whole cool story there. I don't I would love that. Robert Downey Jr. in this. You know, I really don't. And it's it's almost insulting to Scarlett Johansson's like character and talent that like, I mean, I know you're, I know you're good, but I mean, you're still a woman. So uh, let's get, <laughs> let's get uh, Robert <laughs> I was Downey wondering Jr. What you go. I was wondering what you go there. Let's get uh, Robert Downey Jr. over here to uh, get get some star power, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and also he's going to demand like 50 million for saying about two lines for this. And he's going to... Yeah. Uh, he's going to have... And whenever he's involved in these, like he, for good or ill, he severely... Or he has a significant say in how the story is shaped because he's been in the MC... Like he's part of the story meetings all the time. Ugh. I, I'm not happy with that one. I wanted to be like a, a really trimmed back cast... Low, low key thriller that's what I wanted from this and I was really pumped about it and now I'm like ah why it frustrates me because we even Captain America Civil War which was a Captain America film I mean Robert Downey Jr. is is, is so electric that he does he sucks the attention of the story and the screen to him and, and he is good in it like he's very good in it that's the risk as well he's great particularly and I, in Civil War he will be great in this as well, but that's the problem. I, then he takes the stage, you know, and it might only be a little bit or whatever, but the fact that people are already talking about Robert Downey Jr. in the Black Widow film as opposed to the Black Widow film is already a hurtful thing, if you understand what I'm trying to say here, which I'm oh, not no. coming across yeah. very well. No, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. It's just like, I'm choking it's on like, my own like, rage here. Yeah, I know. It's all the raspiness is, is killing you. The, I think it's there's an element essentially of they feel like she can't carry the movie on her own. It's basically what they're saying. That's what I'm hearing, and I think it's unnecessary. People like, but at the same time, I even would have liked if they'd waited a little bit longer for this, or maybe release this before Endgame or something. Because again, even with Scarlett Johansson, it's like we just lost the character. Don't bring the character back straight away because you're you're just minimizing any emotional impact that we can have about losing characters. So, mm. well, affect them anyway. Affect them anyway. That's what exactly right. That's what I said. Yeah, That's man. what I'm saying. It is. I'm just gonna send Kevin Feige a text. Feck you anyway, Kevin. Hey, you're, you're Kevin. Feck you. <laughs> you're Kevin. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a pity because like we loved how the how they had announced the lineup of movies coming on the tracks that it was you know supporting characters and the less well the less well known ones and yeah they're bringing back the original guys again. I would have been maybe ever so slightly okay, certainly more than Robert Downey Jr. But with say an old cap stumbling into like a scene at some point because technically he's alive. Yeah. At, like at maybe least. she calls him up or something or Bucky's like, come on, let's go visit Cap or visit Steve. He'll know what to do. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, I'm going to go visit an, an old, I'm going to go visit an old friend. Uh, and, it's, and the old is because he's old now. He's that's, old. Oh, exactly. I oh, I, that's, you should be a screenwriter, Rob. I see what you did there. I, I tell you, it'd be great. <laughs> <sighs> I never listen. 
Yeah, <laughs> clearly not. Right, Rob. Uh, we got enough time for another bit of news. Do you have any? Do you have a lot, another, another news piece before um, we move on? I got or? I got a couple of lightning rounds. How's that sound? A couple of Let's little things. Do just, it. Just to touch on. So you've probably seen this. Speaking of Cap and Chris Evans, uh, Knives Out by uh, uh, Ryan Johnson uh, is oh, uh, Ryan seen? Johnson, a uh, famed director of um, a little old movie called The Last Jedi and um, and Looper, among other things. Looper um, and Looper. That's true. Looper's good, uh, but I mean, this is his. This is an original uh, who done it, a modern who done it, who the thunk it that they'd make this. And let me tell you, solid reviews are coming in, and the cast is incredible looking. You got Chris Evans, Don Johnson, uh, bloody um, Jimmy Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, Daniel Craig, uh, like more they're, they're, and more to boot. This looks like a ton of fun. Um, I mean, because it's also you know. Because all because I was just, like I want I want to I want to give this film the benefit of the doubt, but the last Jedi to. has soured me. But it's a great cast. It's a fantastic cast, actually. I'm not sure if you got this if you've seen any of the trailers, but I'm getting serious shades of. Um, there's a Family Guy episode that is exactly like this. It's like the Cluedo episode where they're at a dinner party in a big mansion and somebody dies and they're trying to figure out who the murderer was, and James Woods is in it. This is the James Woods Family Guy episode, just in live action. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't know that episode you're talking about, but okay, that's interesting. Maybe it's a two-part special. Two-part special. Okay, the maybe I might look guy. it up after this um, to see what it's like. It's very good. But when is this going to release in Ireland? Do you know? Um, oh, Jesus, I haven't got a clue. Yeah, because I don't like. Like, is it out yet, or is it still just? No, previews? it's it's you're, you're you're this is purely kind of you know published critics. Or, that's where the feedback is coming from. But it, it you know people are enjoying it by all accounts. Hmm. And it's getting great the, ratings. And a great cast, a fantastic cast. Even good to see Jamie Lee Curtis back in. Uh, I know she was in Halloween there two years ago last year, or whatever. So it's good to see her in kind of big films again. A quick side note: she is fantastic in True Lies. Her and Arnold Schwarzenegger is a pairing we didn't know we needed, but boy, did it deliver! I love True Lies. I think <laughs> that's been remade. <laughs> what? I think there's a TV series coming out of True Lies. Yes. Ah, Jesus, Mary Just Joseph, listen, would you not get any. out of here? Would you bloody get out of here with that? Nothing is sacred anymore. Nothing. <laughs> That's very true. What else we got? Oh, it's still the kind of zany, wacky kind of original stuff. Have you seen Paul Rudd versus Paul Rudd, the movie? Oh, uh, no, I have not. But I did I did see somewhere on YouTube something about this. So this is called Living With Yourself. And as I describe this to you, I want you to try and think. This is a little game we're going to play. I want to see you to think of what does this story remind you of? What film show character situation is this, this multiplicity sorry I'll, I'll let you go on a death so anyway limit yourself but essentially uh paul rudd is going through a hard time uh ashley b is his girlfriend uh they look great together that just shows you how ageless he is she's only in her early 30s he must be he's 50 something now. 70 something isn't he and but joyce he's having a hard go of it russ he's having a hard old time and he's like what do i do i'm gonna go to a spa get myself all fixed up some treatment here's about this special spa Okay. And sure enough, he goes to the spa and he's right as rain. He's popping around the place. Rick and Morty, he's, the episode of Rick and Morty. You, you, what, you got there. Didn't have to tell all of it. You got there. Oh, yes. I'm a, really essentially, super happy. A, essentially like a dirty version or a, 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 an unlucky version of himself shows up and there's two of them in the world. And they're trying to like, and that's what the dynamic is. It's him so, and another, a clone of himself. But one's very lucky and fortunate and like charismatic and, and successful. And the other guy's the polar opposite. So you mean it's it's literally just that episode of Rick and Morty, essentially? It's it sounds exactly like it. Ironically, I'm wearing a Rick and Morty T-shirt right now. That that's that really kind of suits suits what Perfect. just happened there. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah it, it, this obviously spoke to you. I think this looks fun and silly. 
it's it's a definitely a Netflix movie though. You're not gonna pay to see it. I won't this. be. Yeah, it won't be a cinema. I'm actually because I, I I saw the trailer on YouTube, but I didn't actually look at the trailer. So I will look at it after this. That's quite interesting that it's the, like the Rick and Morty thing. Um, yeah, you did you get my multiplicity reference there? By the way, no. It's a Michael Keaton film. At least I think it is. Either I'm getting it mixed up. But where he clones himself and he has loads of different clones. It's him and Andy McDowell. I think it's multiplicity. I could be wrong about this now. I haven't seen it anyway. It rings a bell, but, you know, I wouldn't. I know I haven't watched it. Yeah. Well, I'll come, I'll, I'm actually going to look that up after because that would be funny if I get it wrong. But, it, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, one of those those interesting, like, early 90s comedies where they just, like Groundhog Day or whatever, where they had... A, a kind of wacky, you know, don't think too much about it storyline, and they just played it out. Because when you, you drifted, it, you really drifted into the flowers are still standing. <laughs> I can no, hear my, it. My, my one Bill Murray uh, voice that I can do. <laughs> also, it was Bill Murray's birthday just the other day. Wow. No, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, I, I mean, I am not confident about this at all. Okay, but I understood that reference. Go for it. Now, I think it's 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 a Paul Rudd film, or Paul Rudd's in the film. Uh, yeah, you're 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 on the right track. Anyway, keep going. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. That's pretty much all, all I had to say about that. But no, okay, I'll I'll keep trying. Then it sounds like something that would his character would say in the forty year old virgin. Ross Chapman. It's a forty year old virgin. Is it? Is that is that your final answer? I mean, I clearly think that that is not it now. But yeah, it's my final answer. Oh God, buddy! I'm sorry. You're close, but no cigar. It, God damn it! It is Paul Rudd who says it. Okay, absolutely, you're right. Because uh, you can hear him saying that kind of line. I, I can. But he, I, but his, but, I even can see his character saying it from. But anyway, go on. Oh yeah, he could say it in multiple versions of himself. Absolutely. But that is actually Brian Fantana from Anchorman when he's going through his colognes. How I mean, like, like Anchorman. When I was trying to think of the name of Forty Year Old Virgin, it was just like Anchorman, Anchorman, Anchorman. But I'm like, no, no. It's not. It's not Anchorman. It's not. But yeah, of course it is. It's when he's on about his his yeah. his um fifty percent pa- of the time. It works every time. Sixty percent. Oh, Listen, we gotta we we gotta look after our credentials here. We can't be getting. Yeah, we got. Wrong. You already got the reference wrong, Ross. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I'm driving. I'm Don't screw the whole thing up. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what it is. It's uh, the um, uh, what is it? Uh, it's it, basically he's just like. <laughs> it's, it's it's made out of bits of real panther, so you know it's good. That's, it's sex that panther. Sex panther by Odeon. Okay, at least I got at least I got the name Sex yeah, Panther see, right. I knew you'd Whoa. know it, but pinpointing it. All right, you got close, but ah, look, we can't. It's no cigar. I've got the right actor. I'm okay with that, but it's just the yeah, wrong. Yeah, fair play. You got the actor. You you knew it as it was, as we were talking about. It. So fair play. Mm. I'm I'm definitely going to go back very very soon because I mean we're coming up to like I mean episode twenty, so we should probably. Uh, tally up our scores and see where we are and maybe do our little forfeit when the, I the, invariably for the first lose. season <laughs> <laughs> well actually you have to re-listen to all the things and see if I've, I've no idea what I'm on at this I'm pr- point yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure you are in the lead but only by maybe, like maybe a half maybe by one, one I think or a half point at most yeah I mean that's fine That's but that's okay there's plenty there's plenty to go that's okay, not an assailable well, lead by any yeah. stretch also, do you know the way we're doing that uh, on Twitter? We're doing a thing called "Got You Covered," where we put like posters and we, you know, put them head to head for films, like a film poster or the cover of a DVD of a film, and we put them head to head. So there's been two fa- so far, and Rob's won both of them. Now the third mm. is ongoing, and it's uh, Spartacus against Back to the Future. Now Back to the Future is currently destroying Spartacus. Uh, Spartacus. Spartacus. Not Spartacus. That's that lazy town kids TV show. 
But I was almost hoping that you would win three in a row, just because I really wanted to call you. I wanted to be like, I guess Rob is the uh, poster boy for the podcast. <laughs> But at the same I time, mean, I'm happy. I'm it can happy. be. It can be the case. No, no, no. Not unless <laughs> you win three in a row, okay? Whoever wins three, three in a row gets to be called the poster boy for the podcast. Actually, speaking of that country covered segment, I do need to mention this very quickly. So we did a, recently we did a, a almost like an ode to face-off. We did a, a Kurt Russell face-off uh, <laughs> for, the, for that poster challenge. Um, with you know, uh, I think it was Big Trouble in Little China versus The Thing. It sure for was. that got you covered. But hilariously, and I don't. This is just how the world works, I guess. But Face Off is getting a facelift. They are remaking it. Can you believe it? You are kidding me. Yes, I'm not joking. I feel like we are some partly responsible for this turn of affairs. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's Isn't that it? crazy? <laughs> Um, the only kind of hint at it now is that Jason Statham might be one of the faces. Oh, Jesus Christ. They might as well just make it Jason Statham and The Rock. You know what I mean? They might as well just yeah, do it yeah, again. Yeah. Like, you got to take his face off. <laughs> <laughs> of course, a quote from the film. <laughs> but, honestly, apparently the film of that was just bonkers because obviously Nick Cage was trying to be super into the character. So just if you look at like the behind the scenes of like, you know, it's like handy hand, it's like handheld camera footage of them actually filming the scene. Oh Jesus. It's, it's, it's impossible to watch without feeling nauseous nearly. It's <laughs> brutal. It's, it's so weird. Cause obviously without the, the it actually being the, the final product and you know, the music and the sense of threat, it was already daft to begin with, but that makes it even weirder. I bet, you, I bet you John Travolta in that film was just so happy that somebody approached him to play no, you're going to play the good character in this movie. And he was like, oh, my, I don't believe this. I don't. Oh, no, but you get your face swapped. So you're actually the bad guy for the whole film. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, thanks, he'd already guys. Signed, he's already signed on at that point. Jesus He was contracted. Christ. It's an awful film. John Woo. John Woo. God, he's made some howlers and some great stuff. And some absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, He did Hard Boiled, if I'm not mistaken, which yeah. is a, a fantastic movie. Which they made a video game based on as well, did, which did, was a yes, ton of they fun. Did. Had all that bullet time stuff, like Max Yeah, Payne. you could jump in slow motion and drink tequila to get you all charged up. It was great. Nice. Right, Rob. Okay, I think we're pretty much done. But before mm-hmm. we go to our last last little segment, we're going to introduce a very, very quick, fun new bit <laughs> that we're oh, going God. to call oh, God. Whistleblowers. <laughs> now, I'm going to try to get some whistle sound effects or something there. But basically, what we're going to do here, okay... I recently found a tin whistle, which is an instrument we use in Ireland. And usually in like, like primary school, we learn it for about two or three years. And then nobody ever touches it again. And I don't understand why we even learned it. Until uh, right now, that is. The way, the way you introduced that was like, I've, I've, happened to pop a cron, I've happened upon this tin whistle. Like it's this ancient artifact. Uh, like you're not seeing Jones in, would say. In, in Star Wars, uh, um, uh, whatever, the first and Force Awakens, when Ridley, Daisy Ridley goes down to the... Uh, the, the caverns or whatever and opens it and all these voices are like rah, 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 and like you hear Obi-Wan going like, don't touch it don't touch it because yeah. it's the lightsaber that essentially yeah, yeah. Was, was what happened here I, I, I think it's even less it's like the bit it's like uh, it's like uh, Jack Black's character from King Kong and there's it's hilarious there's zero context given he just goes I have come into possession gentlemen of a map ah. and then that's that's it he just got it <laughs> that's three hours three hours and 40 minutes later your film is done yeah, exactly. Right, so I'm going to... I've learned little tiny little bits, snippets of movie teams 
And from now on, every show, I'm going to get do one. I'm going to get see if Rob can guess what the movie is. I can't this believe is, this is happening. This is non. This is non rehearsed too much. Completely off scripted. Let's just do it, Rob. All right. Oh God. Are you ready for this? I'm. I'm listening. For intently. the first ever. Whistleblower. Go on. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. I'm nervous. This is. I'm nervous about this. Jesus. Give me another whack of that again. Oh, good lord. Okay. 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 <laughs> Think about it. Now. Oh. It's Back to the Future. Yes. It's, it's, All it's right. Brilliant stuff. I was like, that was okay, right? I thought that started with like a close encounters. You were just going to give me five notes. I was like, Jesus, that's that's a deep cut. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, Jesus, Rossi. I know I know films, but give me a chance, man. <laughs> <laughs> well done buddy that sounded like Back to the Future I'm, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised right yeah okay well that was our I first mean, little go of whistleblowers we need to get you a better instrument though because god almighty tin whistle <laughs> that was okay right okay anyway that's enough of that crap uh, Rob let's move on to our last segment the Ross Fact Rob Facts <laughs> oh god <laughs> Good lord, it's like got so warm in here all of a sudden. Yeah, God, I am laughing. That was so daft. But it suits it, I think. All right, it's Ross. Come on, let's barrel through this. Come on. I've had enough to for a lifetime. Oh, good, just you be prepared. So, okay, right. Shall I go first this week? Yeah, off you go, Ross. Right, my Ross fact this week is that David Bowie learned to juggle specifically for his role as Jarrett in Jim Henson's Labyrinth. There was a lot of oh J's and L's and stuff in that sentence. Mm. That made yeah, that was very a complex one. For me to just, say. Just, just from, a, just from an, an enunciation standpoint, you give yourself quite the challenge. And I just, I just tin whistled, so I'm, I'm spent yeah. as far as uh, <laughs> speaking and talking is done. <laughs> speaking and talking is done. Right, okay, so my Ross fact. Oh, God. I'm still... I'm, I can, all it I ain't easy, is it? No, the bloody... That theme is now just repeating in my head in t- tin whistle format. I, it's I just reckon every time from now on, woman makes a mistake, I'm gonna go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Put that flute away. Okay. So the rap fact this week is in the final battle between Neo and uh, Smith in the Matrix Revolutions, the rain coming down are lines of Matrix code. Doodly 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 do. Ross, Ross, fact, Rob, Rob, fact. That was excellently done. <laughs> that was hilarious. Again, started not knowing where I was going to finish with that. <laughs> well, there we go. Right, we've done it, Rob. But we we made we did it. it. We did just yeah. Despite the the tin whistle, we did it. I I'm shocked. <laughs> Listen, I, that went down a lot better than I expected to go. All right, so because I had no no notes in front of me or anything, that was just off the cuff, Rob. Oh, well done. Yeah. So, well, Rob, um, tell people... You flew what... through it. Or should I say, you blew through it. I mean, I was going to say about yesterday, you could say I was flutered. <laughs> that's also true. That's still, that still applies to the situation. I thought, yeah, that's not, not, that's not incorrect. But yeah, Rob, uh, tell people where they can find us. Online and stuff. Not just our houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, just, I'll just list two address, addresses uh, on the website. That's where you can find us. 
Um, we doxed no, ourselves. On a host of platforms, would you believe? Um, SoundCloud, of course, the primary option. Uh, for the more mobile listener, we recommend the likes of Spotify. Um, we're also on iTunes as well. Um, I think we're on a TuneIn and some other other bells and whistles. But most importantly, we are on, of course, Podtail, um, the illustrious podcast um, broadcaster. And Thr- thrilled and to be there. We just got onto a brand new uh, Irish app called Go Loud Now as well. So, you know... Rubbing elbows with some good, good Irish things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's their slogan. Rub elbows with some good Irish things. Go yeah. loud now. There you go. <laughs> you have to have the pause though. There you R- go. Rubbing shoulders with some good Irish things. Things. <laughs> You're fired, marketing guy. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. doesn't even have a name. <laughs> oh, just wait a second. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but we also have, we have a website, of course, capunderstands.com. Some news bits and stuff go up there. And we have an email. So if you have any questions or queries, uh, just send it to the lads at, at capunderstands.com. And um, if you want to be more socially engaged in some conversations, the little segments that Ross organizes during the week, like that got you covered and... Um, yeah, frame ranch, whereas I put up some particular frames, some comics as well. Yeah, and you'll do a little poll. Uh, not a little Polish man, I mean, like you'll do a, a, Good a question poll. Or woman. On... <laughs> Teach their own. Uh, if, like, you know, the facts we asked during each episode. So plenty of plenty of options, really, I think. I agree. Uh, thanks for listening. So everybody, thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully people are enjoying the show. If you have any suggestions or anything for us. Uh, we'd love to hear them. Uh, and thanks a lot, everybody. Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, uh, without further ado, I've been Rob. I've been Ross. And this has been I Understood That Reference. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks do, a bunch, do, everyone. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so impressed with that. Bye, everybody. Bye.